Food is fuel for your body, your mind, and definitely your sport. But let's face it, nutrition is confusing and the expectations on girls and women to be thin and have a six pack are exhausting. If you've ever been frustrated with your body, confused about nutrition, obsessed with eating healthy or guilty when you don't, underate, overate, or overtrained and overwhelmed with all the pressure, then this podcast is for you. Nutrition can be easy. You can take control of it, but it might start with letting go of control by asking for help and making a change. I'm Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez, sports dietitian and owner of Rise Up Nutrition, where I empower female athletes to overcome nutrition concerns and perform at their highest level, to stop being confused by all the mixed or harmful messages, and finally have confidence in your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Athlete Nutrition Podcast. Today, I just wanted to kind of talk about nutrition and fitness apps that you might have on your phone. I feel like this is just a really popular question that I get asked is, you know, which app is best or more so I think a lot of people just come to me when they first meet with me and they kind of explain to me, oh, I've started using my fitness pal. I'm tracking this. I'm tracking that. And so it's just like, right? It's just a popular thing to talk about it. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. And I think this is really important too, because so many people have nutrition or fitness or health apps on their phone. Some of them even come preloaded on our phone. You know, whether you have, I'm not an Apple user, so I don't know uh, what it is for Apple users, but I know for Samsung, there's like a Samsung health app that's just inherently installed on my phone when I get one. So most likely your phone like came preloaded with some sort of health app. I think research shows, I know that I have a study, it's it's a few years old now, 2015, but it says that a little over 50% of US mobile phone users have a health app downloaded on their phone. So over 50% of people have some sort of health app on their phone. And out of those health apps, the most commonly used ones are specifically fitness and nutrition trackers. So this is really prevalent. I'm sure all of us have experienced it from time to time. I shared in actually episode number one, my journey with nutrition and sport. I shared that I began counting calories at a really young age, but it was actually before I even had a smartphone and it was before using any of these calorie counting devices. But of course, when they did come about, I absolutely used them as well. And at some point in time, I don't anymore. I I don't have one downloaded on my phone. It was actually an intentional thing to delete that. But it's just really common. And so, you know, when I think about these nutrition and health apps, I kind of put them into three different categories. And I kind of wanted to go into this these three different categories and talk about the pros and cons. As I just mentioned, I don't have one downloaded on my phone currently. So as you can imagine, I think there are some cons associated with having a nutrition app or tracker, but this might not be the case for everybody. So when I break down these three different categories that you know I think of in my head, we've got our traditional nutrition calorie counters. And then category number two would be kind of those fitness or performance trackers And category number three would be some sort of like professionally monitored app, such as one that I use with my clients. All my clients have access to an app where I can monitor their nutrition through that app. So something that's kind of more like with a coach monitoring it along with you. 
So let's kind of dive into these three categories, talk about them, the pros and cons. And we'll just kind of start with that first one, the very traditional calorie counting app. The first one that comes to mind is probably my fitness pal. That one has generated a lot of users over the years and you know, probably a pro to it is how user-friendly it is. It's just very easy to use. And that's why most people flock to it. Before I go any further in this conversation, I actually should probably say I have no affiliation with any of these apps and yeah, just no affiliations. I'm just talking about them. I'm not connected to them at all. Okay. So back to that first category of calorie counting type apps. We've got things like My Fitness Pal, Lose It, Fat Secret, Spark People, My Plate. And you've got both in all of these, you've got like a free version or a paid version, but essentially they're all working in exactly the same way, which is you log your food, you're hand typing it in, you're searching for a food, you're writing in the amount that you ate, you're scanning a barcode, again, logging that amount, the at which meal you ate it, at which time you ate it. Essentially, they're all the same, right? I think my fitness pal, why so many people have that one is how user-friendly it's, it became because it's like a user-generated service. So the more people that use it, the more accurate or larger their food database grows because I can create a food. I, as a user, even a free user, can create a food and give it its macros and nutrition facts. And then you, somebody who doesn't even know me, might be states away, can search that food and find it and say that you ate that food too. So its food database is just huge. And you you have that ability to really customize recipes or meals too. So, you know, what are the pros about these types of apps? We'll start with the good. Let's let's be positive. Let's start with the good. I think the positive things is that you can just generally learn about food. If you have no clue the nutrition facts of an apple, well, you can search for an apple and you can learn, oh, okay, like a, you know, medium-sized apple might have around this many calories and it's mostly carbohydrate. Okay, cool. Like I just learned something. Oh, there's no protein in an apple. Okay, cool. I just learned that. And and honestly, let's be real. That's helpful. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've done nutrition education workshops, presentations, seminars, and I play this game. I either have a, a physical or a virtual wheel that I spin, like Wheel of Fortune, but I call it the Wheel of Macros. <laughs> and uh, as my Wheel of Macros spins, it'll land on a food and the attendees and participants have to shout out if they think that it's a carb, a fat, or a protein. And I can't tell you how many people get this stuff wrong. I mean, so many people, when it lands on banana, think that there's protein in there or fat. And I'm like, no, no, banana's a carb. Banana's a carb. Or, you know, I spin to milk and people are like, I have no clue. Like milk is just milk right? And in which I'll give you the answer. That's a trick question. Milk has carb, protein, and fat in it, all three, all in one food. So I can't tell you how many people just don't have knowledge about food and its ingredients. And so that is the benefit to some of these traditional nutrition apps is you can learn about food, right? You can learn that what what is a banana? Like I was just saying, oh, bananas don't have protein. Cool. I, I learned that. So it's a really good understanding. And it'll also give you an understanding of how much you consume or potentially not consume, right? So there's this mythical like 2000 calorie diet. Maybe we could dig into that into another episode. But right? There's this mythical number that the average adult American needs 2000 calories. 
And so as you're tracking your food, you might realize like, oh, I'm having way more than that, or I'm having way less than that. And so I think that, you know, this can be just an understanding because a lot of people just don't have a concept of calories. They just eat a meal and they just eat a meal and they're really not sure. So I think this like general basic nutrition education, basic understanding of mac- macronutrients and what food is comprised of, maybe basic understanding of how much or how little you're eating could be beneficial. That's all, that's about all I've got. So we're going to switch over now to the cons, to the negatives, which I could probably go on for a really long time. But let's let's start with the 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 obvious one, which is okay. Now I have a concept of how much I'm eating, but how do I know what's right for me? Okay, I'm eating 2,200 calories. Is that good or bad? Is that bad because it's over that mythical 2,000 calories? Right. These are some of the questions that you might be asking if you're using one of these apps, and you might very easily get steered in the wrong direction if you don't have the proper guidance, knowledge, or education on what your body needs. And here's the other thing: these apps usually do try and give you a recommended amount. This is where we start going really wrong. It'll ask you to enter in your height, your weight, your age, and then it might even ask you like what your goal is, what your goal weight is. Do you want to gain weight, lose weight, maintain? And it will spit out a calorie recommendation for you, potentially even a a macro recommendation. And these can just, I'm not going to say they're wildly inaccurate because it, it is based on a very generalized equation, but that generalized equation just cannot account for your individual needs. It just cannot. And from personal experience, I will tell you that if I were to follow any one of these nutrition apps and eat the amount of calories that it told me to eat, I would starve. (laughs) Maybe maybe a little extreme to say starve, but I would be so hungry. It's not enough food for me every time. And I've tested this out many times. I'm not saying I've done it, but I've tested out what, what does my fitness pal say I should eat? And I look at that and I'm like, Oh my gosh, no way. Can I eat that little? I need way more food than that. I always do always. It always underestimates how much I need. Now this kind of brings me to another point actually, which is that most of these nutrition apps and calorie counting apps really are focused on weight loss. It's more of that like diet type approach. Actually, another study said that most of the nutrition tracking apps are focused on weight loss. It's not necessarily focused on health or wellness, but it is specifically focused on weight loss. It's like this is kind of a result of America focusing on obesity or trying to battle obesity so much is they've, you know, just industries and companies have come up with these calorie counting apps that just continue to focus on weight loss as opposed to health. So for somebody who's not focusing on weight loss, and I should add for somebody who shouldn't be focusing on weight loss, because there are some people who are focusing on weight loss that shouldn't be. (laughs) So for somebody that shouldn't be focusing on weight loss, using one of these apps inherently could be dangerous to you because it's whole, the whole nature of it is kind of focused on weight loss. And if you don't need weight loss or if weight loss could be detrimental, let me say it right. If weight loss could be detrimental to you, then this inherently could be a, a toxic device for you to use, a really unhelpful app for you to use. So that's definitely a con is that the recommendations as to how much you should eat is not individualized. 
it almost always underestimates, especially for athletes. I know for a fact it's underestimates for me, for almost all of my clients that come to me. They're like, well, you know, the app said I should eat this. And I'm like, well, you know, that's just not, that's not enough for you. It's just not, I don't care what the app said. The app doesn't know you. The app is just using an algorithm and an equation and it doesn't know you. It doesn't know your medical history. It doesn't know your training. You might say that, yeah, I go on a run every day, but it doesn't understand the differences in a run versus a jog versus a tempo workout versus, you know, this is the preseason training versus competition time. Or this is, you know, your third cycle of some sort of workout program that you're in. Like the app doesn't know that. It doesn't know your history. It doesn't know you. And so these recommendations aren't individualized. So this is a huge con and it can be really dangerous. I think it just perpetuates that that idea and thought into people of eating less, which is something that I'm constantly combating just in this world and in my clients. We don't all need to be focusing on eating less. And I think that that's what these apps inherently do. So you don't have that guidance you could be going down the wrong path of not actually giving your body what it needs because you're you're focusing on the wrong things. And those nutrition macros and calorie recommendations could just be completely wrong for you. I'm going to throw in one more kind of con to this. Oh my gosh, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, no, there's 10 more cons. <laughs> there's there's so many more cons, but one one would be kind of the like obsession cuz kind of going off of that thought of always feeling the need to have less or focus on weight loss. It just kind of becomes a, a competition, especially if you are an athlete, you can, you can turn anything into a competition. Let's be real. You can turn anything into a competition. So you might, you might get on a really dangerous path of seeing like, well, I ate this much yesterday and your mind might inherently go to a dark place of seeing how you can reduce that or make that less the next day. And this is a really, really dangerous place to be in, especially if your numbers aren't founded on, you know, on what you actually need. You can become obsessed with the tracking process and that can take a mental toll. And it can also really take away from your life. How much time are you spending logging every bite of food that you put in your mouth? How much time are you wasting doing that? It can be a lot. And I know, again, I know from firsthand experience that when I have done this, it's like, you know, I've totally disengaged from my family or the people I'm with to like spend 10 minutes logging my food. Like that's 10 minutes of my life that I'll never get back. And trust me, there were some years where it was a lot more than 10 minutes, right? If you're doing that all day, every day, that's a lot of your life wasted, just calculating numbers and you will never get that time back. And these are just numbers. Think about it. Like the food's already eaten. Now you're just crunching numbers in your head. And as I'm thinking about this too, I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's so many better things your mind can be thinking about than adding like 50 calories plus 120 calories plus 70 calories plus 22 calories. Like that is simple math. This, this is eighth grade stuff we're talking about. This is simple math that you're wasting your time on. And I just know you have so much more that you can be doing with your brain power than just basic like sixth grade math. Don't you think there's so much more you can be doing with your mind? I think so. 
I know so. And actually to kind of jump ahead for my clients that don't use calorie counting apps, because I, like I said, I don't use one. I don't want my clients to use one. That is one thing that they all really appreciate is they're like, I have so much time now that I just gained by not using one of these apps. And also like I'm more engaged. I can actually focus on school more. You know, I'm not just adding numbers in my head. So that's really helpful. So, so I wanted to be upfront with like the benefits of some of those apps as well as some of the cons and, you know, for, for that environment of, of people who maybe does want to just learn about nutrition, you know, this might be one way that it can, that it can help you, but we have to kind of really walk that fine line of how much time are you spending here? Are you becoming obsessive? And do you know what you actually need? You're tracking it, but what are you comparing it against? Do you actually know what you need? Because these apps might be leading you in, in the wrong direction, but kind of shifting gears really quick to that second category of health apps that's really popular is like the fitness and performance trackers. So this would be more of your Stravas or your Fitbits, or again, depending on what type of fitness tracker wearable you might have. Maybe it's a Garmin app, a Polar app, a Sunto, a Samsung Fit. Again, sorry, not an Apple user. So whatever the Apple Watch fitness app is, that's that's one of those, right? So that's tracking your heart rate, your steps per day, your miles walked, your stairs climbed, all of those more like fitness and performance trackers, maybe, maybe even going so far as to tracking blood pressure for some of these or maybe th- things that you can enter in. So let's talk about the pros here. I think the pros of tracking your fitness would be being proud of your accomplishments, helping you set fitness goals and be mindful of them and to look back and say, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I had a goal to walk 5,000 steps a day and I did that. Like that's, that's good. I had a goal to hit 20 miles this week, run 20 miles. And I did that. Awesome. Also, these things might be tracking like with Strava, like tracking your routes, you know, okay, I did this really cool hike and I'm tracking that route. And maybe next time I go and do this hike, I want to see if I can do it faster, keep my heart rate more under control after I go through this training program. So yeah, there's some benefits here to using a fitness or performance tracker as well. I think the cons here, again, going back to that athletic mindset of being in competition, definitely you can be in competition. And I think not only with yourself, but with others, a lot of these fitness trackers try and create like a community feel, which should be a good thing. But in hindsight, I think for a lot of people, it creates more unnecessary competition, right? If, if you should be proud of the fact that you did a workout today, but you see that your friend did a workout that was twice as long as yours, it creates a sense of competition that actually could derail you from your own personal goals. So just being really mindful of who, why are you on this fitness journey or what are the workouts that you're doing, keeping the focus on yourself instead of just comparing yourself to others that may also be community members of these fitness trackers. And this also, just like with the food, just like I think using a nutrition tracker can lead to eating disorders and disordered eating behaviors, same thing with a fitness tracker, that competition against yourself, that 
urge to like get more steps than the day before can absolutely lead to exercise addiction amongst yourself and the need to do more, do more, do more. And if you're always doing more, are you getting the rest that you need? Are you allowing your body the recovery time? So I have a I have a Sunto watch, and one cool thing about it is there actually is a little section that tells me tells me my recovery. So if I do a really hard workout, it'll tell me it tells me something crazy, but it's like I need like thirty eight hours to recover, and I'm like, oh, that's actually helpful. It's actually promoting rest. But here's the thing: a lot of these fitness trackers aren't promoting rest because they're promoting you doing more all the time. And there is a point where doing more is not healthy. There is a point where doing more is actually more harmful. We need to be really, really mindful of that. So if you're using a fitness tracker, I would, I would ask you, is there something you're doing to encourage rest? Because health isn't always about just doing more. It's also about recovering, recuperating, and resting. So that's kind of a flaw to a lot of these more performance-based trackers. Okay, and then kind of our third category is more of those professionally monitored apps. So like I mentioned, when I'm working with a client, I actually have my own client portal and it comes with an app. And this is where we do like everything. We communicate through there. But from that nutrition side of things, my clients actually just take pictures of their food and upload them to the app. And then I can see their food and I can see what they're eating and I can give them feedback on it and guidance. But we don't have all the negative side effects of the whole issue with the calorie counters of being addicted to the numbers or that urge to eat less or not having the guidance because it, they do have the guidance and they're actually not being triggered by numbers and grams because it's something that we talk about. So it's like, it's monitored by me and it's also just a picture-based app. So it's really, really cool and useful to my clients so that we're working towards their personal nutrition goals, but kind of without all those negative effects of those traditional calorie counting apps. So that's really cool. And I know even not in a dietitian world, but in like the coaching and fitness world, you know, I've used training peaks before I've used VDOT where I have a coach who uploads my workouts. So it's less about just how many steps did I take and stuff like that. But just, did you do the workout that your coach prescribed to you? You know, when you do it, it's like, you know, green check mark. Yes, you did what you were supposed to, or maybe, maybe a yellow, you did some of it or a red. Okay. This workout was skipped and it's not necessarily perceived as a bad thing. It's just notifying your coach and it's monitored by your coach. Even in therapy, I think there's some therapy platforms and where you might, if you work with a therapist, that they can actually communicate with you and give you more mindset goals and activities to work on through these apps and track your progress. Like, did you do your meditation today? Did you do your mindfulness activity today or whatever it might be? So I feel like those professionally monitoring apps are great because you're, you're kind of, <laughs> you're getting all, all of the good intentions of those free calorie counting and fitness trackers without all of the negative cons associated with it. And on top of that, you have a professional guiding you through it. So obviously, you know, you're, you're getting the best of both worlds here. And I think another thing with this is, you know, whereas the calorie counters are, let's be real, they're focusing on dieting, but these professionally monitored apps, like the ones I use with my clients, we're not focusing on dieting. We're focusing on nutrition. We're focusing on nourishment, on health. And with something like VDOT or Training Peaks that you might have a coach uploading your workouts, you know, 
they're not just monitoring fitness, you know, like your activity level, they're actually monitoring performance, right? So when you have the opportunity or the ability to work with a professional and really guide you through something that's customized, individualized, you can use an app to help you monitor, but you're going to be valuing performance over just fitness. You're going to be valuing nutrition over just dieting. And really from like a behavioral standpoint, you are focusing on true behavior changes and habits as opposed to just tracking, right? I think there's another study that mentioned even when it comes, even when it comes to people who are focusing on weight loss, those calorie counting apps, they found that, yeah, using a calorie counting app helps to 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 stick to the, you know, quote unquote diet, the intended diet. It helps with adherence to their nutrition goals. However, once they stop using that app, they find that their effort to maintain their nutrition goals also suffers. So it becomes this like dependency of like, I didn't actually make a behavior change. I just got good at tracking. Like the app helped me stick to my diet because I was regimented with tracking. But the moment that I'm not using the app, now I don't know how to implement these nutrition changes into my life. I haven't actually made a true behavior change. And that's where these apps fail us. It's like, great. We all get really good at just doing mental math, at just counting steps at taking our mind away from our family, away from school, away from our job, and just being zoned in on our phone for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes throughout the day to just track, 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 track. But we haven't even made the true behavior change needed to see long-lasting results in our nutrition, health, performance, fitness. And that's what we all want. We want the real change want the real change. We we need to focus on performance more than fitness. We need to focus on nutrition more than dieting. We need to focus on real behavioral changes, not just tracking. So to answer kind of the question of this podcast, which is, you know, hey, what's the best nutrition, fitness, or health app out there? Sorry I made you listen this long, but I don't have one that I think is best because I think the best approach to go is to get something that is individualized and customized, most likely working with a coach, right? Working with a nutrition coach, working with your sport coach. And it's not that all tracking is bad, right? Even with my clients, like I mentioned, I will on occasion have them take pictures of their foods that I can give them feedback. And then we set goals for them. We set nutrition and behavioral goals no matter what their their personal goals are, we can set goals and that's why we check in. We check in weekly or sometimes more often than that to, are you doing this? How's it going? Do we need to make a change? Do we need to adjust? So having accountability is important and it's not to say that there's that tracking inherently is bad, but is your tracking actually benefiting you? That's the big question that we have to answer. Is your tracking actually benefiting you? And in the space that I work in, where a lot of female athletes struggle with disordered eating, I would say that overarching these fitness, health, and nutrition trackers that are free on your iPhone or Android, my short answer would be no, they're not helping you. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's my short answer. They're most likely not helping you. But that doesn't mean that they're, they don't serve any purpose or that they're harmful for all people. But I've seen by and large that they aren't that helpful and they have the potential to do a lot more damage with kind of that eating disorder space and exercise addiction space than good. But even if you're like, well, this, this isn't an eating disorder, this is an exercise addiction, then I'm not saying that the app is bad. I'm just saying, is it even helping you? Is it really, are you making the true behavioral changes that you need? Is it giving you information that's helpful to you that you can apply to your life and make changes? Or do you need more, a different strategy? Do you need a coach and accountability? You know, I'm honestly a big fan of just like old school tracking. I love pen to paper. I love writing things down. I like talking about daily goals or weekly goals or monthly goals and just pen to paper works for me. Sometimes all of these fancy apps aren't that great because they're really just taking me away from my life and getting me sucked into my phone more. And that's not something that I enjoy doing. But if I can sit down pen to paper and really think deep about my goals or talk to my coaches, because I have coaches in my life too, talk through on a phone call with my coaches about what my goals are and map those out. That's something that can really help me more than just a day by day. You know, did I eat one bite of this? Did I have half a cup of that? Those things don't actually help me reach my long-term goals. Just This week alone, I've had two clients that we were talking about their tracking methods. And as we were talking about it, we identified this really isn't helping them. So I had one client who, who's not addicted to exercise, but she just was sick of seeing how many calories she burned during a workout because she's like, I don't want to think about how many calories I'm burning during a workout. No, I don't want to. I hate that. That's what I'm thinking about. And I totally agree with her. And here's the other thing. The first thing I said to her is I was like, that watch probably isn't accurate. Are you wearing a heart rate monitor around your chest? Are you wearing a chest strap? She's like, no. I was like, it's not even accurate anyways. And now it's just interfering with your mind. When you're supposed to be focusing on performance, your mind's on calories. So take it off, right? Take it. You don't need to be wearing it. You can get an old school watch that just tracks time. You can use the stopwatch on your phone. Can you do a workout that doesn't track anything? Can you have that confidence in yourself to say, well, I know that I still got my workout in whether or not it was officially logged on my watch or in this app. Like I know in the reality of the world and in life, I did it. I know I did that. I don't need my watch to prove it. And same thing with eating. If you're going to eat something, if you've already, you know, if you've already eaten it or maybe in your mind, you said, I know I'm going to have this for lunch. Great. You don't need to log that in your phone to prove that you have eaten it, it already happened. So these are just some things to think about when it comes to nutrition apps and tracking and some pros and cons. And like I said, just this week, I had one of my clients remove her watch during her workouts because she didn't need it. And it was starting to cause more harm than good. And you can bet that that's been a challenge for a lot of my clients of deleting my fitness pal, deleting that app, not wearing your watch, making sure that we're focusing on nutrition, not just calories or weight loss, making sure that we're focusing on performance, not just fitness, making sure that we're tracking real 
realistic goals, behavior changes, things that really make a difference in your life and not just tracking numbers just to track numbers. So I want to challenge all of you listening to this. If you're using a fitness tracker, I want you to just ask yourself, if you're using a fitness or nutrition tracker, just ask yourself, is this actually helping me? What are the cons that I see it causing in my life? What are the negative things that it's causing in my life? And maybe you need to make a change to that. Maybe you need to make a change. Maybe you need to remove that exposure from your life, or maybe you need to find a different way. If you still need to work towards your goals, but just in a different way, maybe it's having a coach, a nutrition coach, a sport coach to actually guide you through it. And sure, an app might be involved, just like I have one with my clients, but it's in such a monitored way and it's making real changes in your life. I hope this was a helpful episode. If you have questions or if you realize that, hey, I need to stop using these health, nutrition, fitness trackers, and maybe I need more real guidance, real coaching, real accountability, then don't hesitate to reach out to me and pop over to my website, book a call with me, and we can talk about your personalized goals and we can create a plan to help you reach your goals in a way that is personalized, customized, and that tracking and accountability is in a way that creates real change for you. So shoot me an email, lindsay.riseupnutrition at gmail.com or head to my website, www.riseupnutritionrun.com and we can talk more.